you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm on you to We are really shaking together. This morning, is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. What God was saying, what Jesus was saying, that know that in your mind can't But yet, and I want to preach to you from this subject for the next few moments. Delayed, but right on time. Delayed, but right on time. Why don't you put your Bibles down right now, and why don't you lift your hands to heaven, and why don't you ask for the help of the Holy Ghost this morning to speak his word to this congregation. God, I pray right now that the anointing and the unction of the Holy Ghost would rest upon your messenger. God, that you would anoint me, God, and that you would strengthen me to preach what you would say to this, your people today. God, I pray right now, God, that in the spirit you begin to do a work, God, that you would begin to increase somebody's faith. God, somebody that's in this house right now that doesn't understand why you have delayed. They don't understand why you haven't done it yet, God, but you have a plan plan and a purpose for every life and for every situation. And God, although it may look like you're not coming, we know that we know that we know that you are coming and you are going to be right on time. Your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts, God. But your time is And that means that fall is right around the corner, and we all know what follows fall, old man winter. I don't know why we call it old man winter. I don't know why the men always get the blame, but that's for another day. But seasons are constantly changing. They are ever evolving. We go through times of testing, and we go through times of proving. We go through moments when everything seems to be going wrong regardless of how much we pray and how much we fast. We all go through times when it seems as if the heavens are brass and that every prayer that we pray, anybody know what I'm talking about this morning, that every prayer that we pray seems to go unanswered. I heard a preacher say that he started his church and he said for the first Uh, Four years or so, he said, I don't understand it. All my friends were praying for the sick and they were getting healed. The dead was being raised and the lame was walking, he said. But for four or five years of my ministry in my church, he said, everybody that I prayed for died. And I don't know that we need to have him at Christian Life Church. (laughs) But sometimes that we feel like that every prayer that we pray and no matter how hard we try and no matter how many hours we spend and no matter how many days that we push the plate back and we fast, it's sometimes it's just a season where everything seems to be going wrong. I want to tell you this morning that although we don't like to admit it, but adversity is unavoidable. And so we must realize that in those times, no matter how much we want it, we are not able, we do not have the ability, and we cannot pray away seasons. 
If we could, winter would never hit Indiana. We don't have the ability to pray away the season. But I have good news for you today. God has a purpose in times of unfruitfulness and in seasons of struggle. These are, these are periods that come to help destroy our pride and let us know that in our own ability we are not able, but that we must become dependent on God as our provider. We can stand in this place this morning and, and rest assured that as soon as the seasons come... And as sure, as sure as the seasons change, and as sure as barrenness comes, and as sure as struggles happen, there is a season that is about to come in every life where God is about to step on the scene, and he's about to show you his power and his might. So it is that there are seasons in life when the freezing winds of winter blow, the circumstances of life in those times demand that we trust God. Though we don't like the cold, we don't like the darkness, we don't like the barrenness, we don't like the struggle, and we don't like that we have to endure the elements, I want to tell you that there is a purpose for every season. There is a purpose for everything under heaven. Everything that you go through, every struggle that you face, every temptation, every test is not because that you have done something wrong. And it's not because that God doesn't love you, but it's because that God has a perfect plan for your life. Apostle Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. He said, for our light afflictions, everybody say light afflictions, which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and internal weight of glory. What Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians is yes, season comes. Yes, difficulties come. Yes, afflictions will come, but they won't last away because they are just simply temporary, temporary. So when I'm on the mountaintop and I'm looking down at the valley and I'm looking at the next mountain that I believe that God wants to go through, I can stand and rest assured that as soon as I'm on the mountaintop today in order for me to get to the next mountaintop there is going to have to be a valley that I'm going to have to cross but I, I have to rest assured that that valley won't last all way it's temporary it's just a season that I have to go through there are some people when you ask them, how's it going? <laughs> now, don't anybody raise your hand, and don't anybody point to your neighbor this morning. How many have ever known somebody in life? I could get in trouble for this right now. How many has ever known somebody in your life that you don't dare ask them how they're doing? It's like you see him, you're like, how you doing? Oh, hey. I, I didn't. I worked for a customer this week, and uh, I didn't have to ask how she was doing because she was going to tell me every problem 
in every situation. She's going to give me the dirt on every neighbor that was around her that I didn't even know. She's telling me don't talk to them. They're terrible people and don't talk to them because... Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. But there are some people that you don't dare ask how they're doing, but when you do, they say, well... Uh, there are some that say, well, I, I'm pretty good, but I know that that's not going to last for long. But there are, there are some, when, when things aren't going so good, you ask them, how's it going? And they say, it's awful, and it's never going to change. Two spectrums of people, one that says, it's going good, but I realize, Brother Jerry, it's not always going to go good for me. They're saying, I, it's going good right now, and I'm on the mountaintop right now. But I do know, I'm smart enough to realize that I can't live on the mountaintop forever. But there are going to have to be some valleys that I'm going to have to go through. But then on the opposite side of the spectrum, there are people that no matter what they go through, it's awful, and it's not going to ever get any better. How come that we can't have faith enough in God to believe that, that he can take us through the awful situation and into the good. We, we are on the mountaintop and we have faith enough to believe that we're not always going to live there. But when we're in the valley, we can't, uh, we some, for some reason, we can't muster enough faith to believe that God is ever going to bring us out of this situation. But I want to tell somebody under the sound of my voice this morning that no matter where you're at, no matter how awful it is, no matter how dark it is, God is about to step into your season and he is about to turn the hands of time and he's about to bring a new season into your life. If you believe that, clap your hands and give him praise. Just a season. Everybody say it's just a season. Just, it's just a season. Seems so simple. Seems so elementary, but it's just a season. How can we, how can we have faith that the good is only for a season, but the bad is going to last forever? Why is it that we don't believe that the bad times are just as temporary as the good times? Why do we not have faith to believe in God that it's just a season that we have to go through? You see, sometimes the sun is going to shine, and at other times, clouds are going to fill the sky, and they're going to hide the sun. It doesn't mean that the sun's not there. It just means that it's covered up temporarily. Sometimes you're going to laugh in life, and sometimes you're going to have to cry, but it's just called a season of life. I've had to learn in my lifetime that there are just some things that I can't change. I just have to dig in and I just have to survive what I'm going through. I just have to somehow make it 
through. That's why David said in Psalm, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God, because thou art with me. The enemy would like you to convince you that you're going to have to build your house in the middle of the, of the season because it's always going to be this way. But I've come to declare to you that the devil is a liar. He is the father of lies. I've come to put him on notice this morning and let him know that I might be in this season right now but this season is temporary I'm getting ready to come out into a new season I'm not going to be defined by it I'm not going to let it be my destiny I can't alter it I can't do anything about it but I didn't tell you one thing, that if I just plant my feet and I just stand in the middle of whatever season that I am in, one thing I can promise you, I may not can change it, but I will outlive it. Today, you may not be able to change it, but you can outlive it. All you have to do is just trust God in the season that you're in. Time will change it because seasons are ever, ever changing. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3 said it like this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted. Everybody say planted. By the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his what? In his season. His leaf shall also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. God said that if you're going to prosper, you're going to have to be like a tree that is planted by the water. And you're going to have to realize that there is going to be a season of fruit. But just as there is a season of fruit, and just as there is a season when the leaves are budding and there's life and the, and the leaves begin to flow, to form on that tree, just as sure as that season is, there is going to be a season when the leaves die and the leaves fall and the fruit falls and it rots and there seems to be no life anywhere around. What David was saying, that in those times when it seems impossible, in those times where it seems like all around you is death, you just got to stand as a tree that is planted by the water and say, I know that it's the season of barren right now, but I know that just around the corner is coming life, is coming springtime and life will begin to grow again he said like a tree that is planted by the waters who bringeth forth fruit in its season whose roots are firmly steadfast why is it so hard for us to understand that we've got to be steadfast? It means we've got to be unshakable. 
Because yes, the wind will blow. Yes, storms will come. Yes, the rain will fall and the flood waters will rise. And if you're not planted, there's a word for somebody here this morning. If you're not planted and your roots aren't deep and you haven't got a hold of something solid, you haven't got a hold of the word of God, that's the only solid thing in our life. If you're not planted, if you're not steadfast, then when the winds begin to blow, guess what, honey? You're going to be taken out by every wind of doctrine or every wind of change that blows. But when you are steadfast in this thing, when you say, I'm going to plant my roots and I'm going to plant them deep, I'm going to ground them in the things of God, when you are steadfast, then you let the wind blow, you let the rain fall, you let the season change. But you're going to outlive the season. You're going to outlive the storm that you're going through. Come on, somebody clap your hands if you believe it. Everybody say steadfast. It goes on to say in Psalm chapter 1 that the wicked man is the one who is not planted. He is the one who is always drifting and being blown around by every wind of change. It says that he's unstable. He's uncommitted. He can't commit to anything. He can't be stable. He's wishy-washy. He's up one day and he's down the other. He's on the mountaintop one moment and he's in the valley the very next moment. But somebody who is blessed says, I'm a tree and I have fruit that's coming in my season. That means that there are seasons of no fruit. This tree brings forth fruit in his own season. That lets me know that there are also a seasons. There are also seasons where nothing grows. There are also seasons that everything begins to fall and everything begins to die. And there are seasons that we have to go through. And we have to realize that there's no fruit going to grow in this season. This is a season of barrenness one day and a season of, or a season of fruit one day and a season of barrenness the next day. It's just a season of life. The verse goes on to say that his leaf doesn't wither. That doesn't mean that it won't ever fall off. It doesn't mean that it won't turn colors and, and become brittle and fall from the tree. But it simply means that the life source of the leaf at that moment in that season, it goes underground temporarily. But it doesn't mean that it's not there. It just means that it has changed location. In the fall and in the winter, the tree sap goes from the limbs. It goes from the trunk and it gets down deep in the roots of the tree to survive the season that's coming. It doesn't say goodbye forever, but it simply says, I'll see you next 
next year. I'll see you when spring comes. Come on, somebody. It may be a season that you just have to go down deep into the roots and you just have to get underground and you just have to get somewhere safe so you can survive this season. But it doesn't mean that you're going to stay there. It doesn't mean that death is imminent in your situation. It just means I'm going to stay here grounded and rooted for this time. But in due season, I'm going to arise again and I'm going to bring forth fruit. bring forth fruit in my season. I don't know what season of life you're in today. I don't know what you're facing. Some of you I know. Some I don't know. I don't know what you're facing today. But God has sent me here with a word for somebody to tell you that this season won't last. Somebody, God told me to, to tell somebody here in this place this morning that this season that you're going through, this season that's got you crying yourself to sleep every night, it's got you worrying about your family, it's got you worrying about well, how you're going to pay the next bill, it's got you worrying about whether or not you're going to lose your job tomorrow. God sent me here to this place today and say this season won't last. This season is just temporary, but if you'll just stay steadfast, in this season, if you'll stay planted in this church and where God has put you, then as sure as there's barrenness in your life today, God is about to bring forth fruit in due season. If you believe that right now, I want you to lift your hands all over this place. I want you to lift your hands and lift your voice and begin to cry out to God. Tell them, say, God, I believe it. God, I receive it this morning. God, I believe that there is a season of fruitfulness that is coming in my life. I may be barren right now, God, but I believe that fruit is coming in my life. I was years ago I believe it was before I was married. I was flying somewhere. And we're up above the clouds and it just looks like a beautiful day. And see all the, the fluffy clouds underneath us and beautiful sight. The pilot come on to the loudspeaker and he said, we are nearing our destination. We're just 30, 30 minutes or so from landing this and the flight attendant told us to prepare for arrival at our destination. And I sat there as 20 minutes went by. And I'm like, okay, we're going to land any time. And 30 minutes went by. 40 minutes went by. 50 minutes went by. And we're still as high as we were when they come and said, we have 30 minutes to go. And I noticed that we just seemed to stay in this bank turn and it's like the turn that never ever and I thought I thought we were lost I thought the pilot got bad direction somewhere I don't know we're apparently we're supposed to be in Texas and and we're we took a wrong turn at Albuquerque or I don't know what happened but we begin to be in this never ending turn and the pilot come on the speaker and he said he said Ladies and gentlemen, sorry for the delay. I know that we are supposed to be there by now. He said, but there are storms in the area of our destination. 
And he said, they're pretty strong. Storms are moving through right now. They're not supposed to last for very long. So, so the tower has put us in a holding pattern. And a holding pattern, pattern is simply this. If, you don't, if you're not familiar with aviation, a holding pattern is when the tower directs you that there is danger or the conditions are not right for you to land. They get you off somewhere just out of reach of your destination. And basically, you just turn circles and circles and circles. You're just flying and flying and you're turning and you're turning, just waiting for what is, what is obstructing your ability to land or your ability to arrive at your destination. You're just turning circles waiting for clearance to come on in to your destination. And it's good to know that in those times that there are provisions that have been made, thank God, that before the plane ever leaves the ground, they make sure that they have enough fuel to to survive or to be able to make it through an unforeseen holding pattern and even make it to an alternate destination if the situation doesn't improve on the ground. Provisions have been made for a season of holding. What I want to tell you today, that you may feel like that that the heavens are brass and you may feel like that you're just turning circles. You think you may feel, hear me here today in the season of life that God has got you in, feels like you're just wandering around and I pray and I can't hear God. I pray and I can't feel him. I fast and I never seem to get an answer. But maybe that God has just got you in a holding pattern for a a season because the season that he has got prepared for you or the plan that he has for your life, he is still working out. It may be that it's just Not time yet. And so the question is, not do we have enough faith to receive the blessing, but the question is rather do we have enough faith for the holding pattern? Do we have enough faith to trust God when He just seems to have us on hold? Do we have enough faith to believe that this season too will pass. Can you trust God when he has you circling your promise? Can you trust God when you're just marching around the walls of Jericho, the city that God has had promised, that 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 land that God had promised? Can you trust God when it feels like ever, never ending marching and it feels like nothing's happening and it feels like here goes one more trip, here goes one more day, here goes one more time. Can you trust God when he's got you in a holding pattern? Or are you like the unrighteous man that we read about in Psalms? We get impatient and say, God, I, I don't care. I know that you, you're preparing this for me, but I don't really care. I've waited long enough. God, take me somewhere else. Take me into a different season. I, I don't care if that's what you've got planned for me, but God, I'm tired of holding. I'm going to speak to somebody today that you're here and you've been holding for a long time. You feel like, you feel like it's never going to happen for you. 
You feel like it's just always going to be this way. I'm always going to go, just turn around in circles. I'm always going to circle. Everybody else, everybody else is getting blessed. Everybody else is receiving their miracle. But I seem to just be marching around aimlessly. I want to speak to you today and let you know that this season is temporary. I want to speak to you and let you know that God knows exactly where you're at. And God has got you in this season for a reason. It could be that he's just preparing you for what he wants to do in you. It may be that he knows that you're not ready for him to take you into what he has planned for you. So he's got you. Hold it. I'm quickly hurrying. I've got to move. So we read in our text, John chapter 11, it is twice recorded and says that Jesus loved Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. They weren't just acquaintances, they weren't just surface friends, but Jesus had a close relationship with them. The Bible tells us in verse number 6 that Lazarus got sick and they sent word to Jesus. And you know the story, he abode two days in the same place. He delayed. He delayed his departure. How are, how are you going to delay, God, on somebody you love and that needs you desperately? How are you going to ignore the circumstance, God, that they are in? Because delay to us means that you're not interested in me. Delay means that there are things that are more important than my situation. This is what we think in our mind. Delay to us means that he got distracted. Delay means my emergency doesn't matter to you. Lazarus needed some attention. Jesus, you said that you love me. How can you not show up when I call you? God, you said that you wouldn't put any more on me than I'm able to bear. But God, I can't bear this weight any longer. How could you not take it from me? We've all thought it. Let's be real about it. We've all thought it. We've, we've all asked the same questions. How can you delay the miracle in my life? How can you, God, allow me to go through this? Why would you allow sickness to wreck my body? Why would you allow these things to happen to me? We all, we've all asked it. We've all thought it. We've all wondered it. We've all uttered the words. But obviously we know because we can read it in Scripture. We know why Jesus delayed it was because he was planning to do something in Bethany that had never been done before. He had a plan and he was about to do a miracle that had never been done before. There are 28 miracles that Jesus performed in Scripture. And this is, in this account, this is the 21st, 21st miracle that had taken place. Mary 
and Martha were familiar with the fact that Jesus had power. They had witnessed the dead being raised, but they were not but they were about to witness something that they had never seen happen before and that would never happen again. It was unprecedented what God was about to do in their situation. But you see, God needed to know. God needed to know. Jesus needed to know that someone that he had that he had someone that could trust to do something great in. He said, so I'm going to make you wait for a little while because I'm about to do a miracle that they have never seen. I'm about to do something so big that is going to blow their mind. But he said, but I need some people that I can trust in the storm. I need some people that I could trust in this season of life. For you that are here this morning, you feel that you have been forgotten and you feel like you're just wandering around aimlessly and you're asking, where is God and why hasn't he answered me yet? Let me tell you what God is really doing. God is setting you up. He has a plan for you. The best things in life seem to take a long time. The greatest miracles take a long time. And God has got you where you are because he has set you up for something great. It's hard to believe that this morning. I know it's hard for us to really buy into the fact that God is about to do something great in my life when I've been going through this season. You've been wondering through this season if you wondered where he was at and what he was doing. But the truth of the matter is, this whole time he has been setting you up. He was, it was a setup for what God was going to do in your life. He is setting you up for something so big and so great that those around you won't be able to deny that it was God. These Those that are around you that used to mock you, that used to say, why do you do that? Why do you believe it? He's about to do something so great in your life that they're going to have to look and say, surely that was the hand of God in your life. God said, turn, turn to somebody and say, God's setting you up. God's setting you up. I'm quickly drawn to a close. You see, sometimes our strength comes in the weight. Sometimes there is strength when we have to wait on the Lord. I'm quickly drawn to a close this morning. The musicians can come. John 11 and chapter 20, if you have that, why don't you put that up on the screen. Jesus is headed to Bethany. But before he gets there, Martha meets him. Martha ambushes him. She has come to give Jesus a piece of her mind. You better watch, listen to me, you better watch how you talk to God in the middle of frustration. You better watch how you approach God in the middle of a, of a desert place. You better be, better be careful what you say to Jesus when things aren't going right in your life. 
She walks to him. She meets him. She ambushes him. Verse 21. Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother would not have died. She was right. If Jesus had been there, he probably would have healed Lazarus before he ever had the chance to die. If you had, if you had been here, God, can you, can, you hear, can you hear the scorn in her voice? Jesus! If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Verse number 22. But I know, but I know, God, that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give thee. God, I know, Jesus, I know that you can do whatever. I, I know I just gave you a peace of my mind, but I believe that you, could, that you can do anything. I believe that you could do it. If Martha really believed that Jesus could do it, he would never, she would never have given him an earful. But she was simply trying to sound spiritual in her carnality. She was trying to cover up the fact that there was, she was full of carnality. And she lost her temper. And she talked down to Jesus. It sounds a lot like some of us. Well, maybe it's just the will of God that I have to deal with sickness. Or maybe it's just the will of God that, that my life just seems to be a, 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 an ever-changing mess. But I want to tell you today that it's not God's will that we live, we live life in constant conflict. It's not God's will that you're sick. It's not God's will that you deal with infirmity. It's not God's will, but it's just a season of life. We need to stop putting the will of God on things that are not the will of God. We need to stop calling things the will of God that are not His will. Verse 23, Jesus said unto her, thy brother, Martha, will rise again. Verse 24, she said, well, I, I know. I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I, I know all that, Jesus. I know. You think I, not, I don't know that? I know that he will rise at the resurrection. Then Jesus says something to her. Verse 25, he said, no, Martha, you don't, you don't understand it. He said, I am the resurrection. And I am the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live.
He was saying, why do you keep saying tomorrow, Martha? Why do you keep saying tomorrow will be the the day of salvation? He was looking at her. He said, Martha, you don't get it. Martha, you don't understand it. I am here right now. Martha, I'm here, and I am what you need. I would to God that somebody in this house this morning would believe that God is exactly what you need. Stand with me today. The Bible says that he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Not that he can, but he is. 158 times in Scripture, it records he is. Hebrews 12, 29. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire. Deuteronomy 33, 27. The eternal God is my refuge. Psalms 84 and 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. 1 Peter 1, 16. God is holy. Psalm 28, 7. Behold, God is my salvation. Isaiah 12 and 2. Behold, God is my strength. John 3 and 33, God is true. Romans 1, 9, God is my witness. 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 1, 25, God is wiser than men. Philippians 1 and 8, God is my record. 1 Timothy 4, 4, God is good. 2 Timothy 2, 9, God is not bound. Hebrews 1 and 8, God is forever and ever. 1 John 1, 5, God is light. 1 John 3, 20, God is greater than my heart. 1 John 4 and 8, God is love. 1 John 5 and 9, God is great. God is whatever you need him to be today. God is your answer. God is your provider. God is your savior. with this, Lord, who do I say sent me? Moses looks at him and said, Lord, who do I say that sent me? Because they're not going to believe me. God tells him, I am sent you. I am that I am. Simply means I will be whatever that you need me to be. Come on, somebody. He is your healer. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is whatever you need him to be. Quickly, for John 11 and 28, after she gave Jesus a peace of mind, she wanted to get a, a crying partner. She went to go get married. Her sister secretly saying, the master come, and he calleth for thee, which was not even true. She was trying to bring Mary into her mad world. 
She wanted Mary to be mad at Jesus as well. Verse 29. As soon as he heard that she arose quickly and came to him, 30. Now Jesus was not yet coming to town, but he was in a place where Martha met him, 31. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her saying, she goeth unto the grave to weep. 32. Get this. When Mary was coming where Jesus was, she saw him. And she didn't give him a piece of her mind. Yes, she said the same thing to Jesus that Martha had said. But there's one difference. She fell down at his feet. Saying unto him, Lord, if thou would have been here, my brother would not have died. The same words that Martha said. To Jesus with her nasty attitude. Mary said to Jesus at his feet through her tears. Martha Martha got a sermon about the resurrection and the rapture and her rotten attitude. But Mary got Jesus' emotion because of how she approached him. Because of what she did. Verse 33, quickly. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her. He groaned in his spirit, and it was troubled. 34, and said, where have ye laid him? Where have you laid him? Our attitude towards God has everything to do with the response that we get from him. When you are broken and humble before him, when you place your feet, your, yourself at his feet, when you take the posture of a praiser. You touch the very heart of God. When you you approach Him with an attitude, He hasn't got time for you. But when you prostrate yourself before Him, when you come with Him to Him and say, I know what it looks like, but God, I'm going to get at your feet and I'm going to worship you. I know my brother's dead, but God, you are still great. I know there is death in the camp, but God, you are good and your mercy endureth forever somebody in this place today needs to get the spirit of a Mary and say I I don't understand it I don't know why but one thing I know that I'm still going to come to his feet in the middle of my season and I'm going to still worship him because I know that he is good does anybody in the house right now have faith enough to believe, to run to this altar and begin to praise God in your season. Begin to praise God when everything's going wrong. Begin to praise God when He's got you in a holy you begin to worship him when you begin to humble yourself god's going to give you his heart 
going to weep tears over your situation. I'm not turning back now. 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 I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. 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 God, I'm going to wait on you. I'm not turning back now. God, I know that I can't do anything to change it, but I know that you can. I know that you can, God. I know that you're great in mercy. I know that you're good. I know that you're great and great and to be praised. Come on, somebody needs to make up in their mind. I'm going to praise you in this season. I'm going to worship you in fairness. I'm going to run to your feet because I need to be touched with the feeling of my infirmity. As long as you're close to him, you can ask anything of Turn it back now. I'm not turning back. 